0: We're both dying. We're both about to lose our voice. We picked a podcast of all mediums. Hey. Thanks for joining
1: the Escape With Me Book Club. Escape with me, Lizzie Sawyer. And me, Sam Reiner. Into our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We're going to be covering it from beginning to end, so remember, there will be spoilers.
0: Today we're going to the fantasy land of Tsunade. Published on November 2nd, 2021, A Psalm of Storms in Silence is the highly anticipated ending to the fantasy duology. Even though the book begins by separating Karina and Malik, they soon find their bond will not allow them to to be completely separated. Azarian falls into the hands of Farid. Malik works to keep his family safe as well as learning how to control his hold over a century-old river spirit. Karina, on the other hand, finds herself on an epic journey for a place only mentioned in stories of old to get the power to take her city back. Who will end up ruling the city going forward? And will Malik and Karina finally end up together or will one put an end to the other? So, background, I pre-ordered this immediately and I was so excited to get it for my birthday because it had a June release and then she was like I'm sorry guys I need to make this good before it's published so I'm pushing it back and it was like okay fair but oh that would have been a perfect birthday present so it ended up being a Christmas present and I was so pumped and excited for it I also like the cover okay we're going to talk about it in a second but we see what Malik looks like now we had karina and now we have Malik and I was excited and it's red and green and so that's Christmassy. yay my cover is and gold. Oh, I meant the first book is green, and then this book is red. Oh, I get, okay, I see, I see what you're saying, yep. No, I'm so sorry, I confused you there. It's all good. So this is an adult book, content warning, has a lot of stuff, and I also appreciate this author has content warnings in the beginning of her book, and she talks about some of the stuff that's going to happen, and I appreciate that. I'm seeing that happen more and more in books, and thank you. Nothing like getting three-fourths of the way through a book and then having something happen, and you be like, well, there. With the rest of my day. Thanks.
1: Yeah, the content warnings in this book, some of which were part of the reason it took me so long to read this.
0: That's fair. That is completely fair because here's our paragraph. Self-harm, mental, emotional, and physical abuse, panic attacks, suicidal ideations, grooming, death of a child, rape mentioned, sex mentioned, graphic violence, and mild language. And she talks about in the beginning of the book, she's like, hey, I'm gonna talk about these topics and I'm gonna do them to the best of my ability and she does them very well, which makes them more triggering for people.
1: Yeah, I hate how accurate the suicidal ideations near the end there. Oh, the grooming were also. Yeah, that too.
0: I hated Farid at the end of the last book, but after this book, I'm like, I'm glad you died. I'm glad you were murdered.
1: Oh man, he died and I actively, physically thrust my arms up in the air because I was like, yes! He needed to. He was... Oh, stop.
0: I'm about to go off. We're not there yet, yeah. Stop. Okay, judge a book by his cover. We'll get there. So I like, we see what Malik looks like because he was a huge part because the last book just had Karina. And I think from my brain, she had braids on the last cover. And So this time she's just rocking this massive afro and I love it. Oh, I wonder if that's the haircut
1: that he gives her near the end of the book.
0: I think it is. That's why I think she has that haircut. And I love it. And I got to the end of the book and I was like, oh my goodness, they didn't just pick a random. I love it. Although I think her hair is still silvery. On the cover,
1: yeah. So it's probably before they fall in the river.
0: Yeah. So it's after she got a haircut, but before she fell in the river. Yes. I love that. I love that the cover was tied in because I feel like a lot of covers are just random stuff to kind of give you an idea and catch your eye. But she was like, "No, I'm going to incorporate it." I love that kind of stuff. I love that her publisher allowed that to happen. I like it. I like how the red and gold stand out and it's pretty. Just like the green and gold stood out. I love the covers. The so covers Looks so great. And this time we have Malik. And so we know, hey, it's about two people, not just one person. I did not know what was going to happen, actually. That's all I got from the cover. I was like, okay, I remember what happened in the last one. And you two are still around. So something's going to happen with that.
1: I will say I had forgotten enough of the previous book when I started reading this that with Fareed's lies and stuff, when we got part way through and he was like, oh yeah, Karina killed Doonday, right? I half believed him until it was like, no, Reed swooped in and killed Toonday at the last second. And I was like, that sounds more right.
0: Yeah. So in the last book, they consummated their love. Karina was thinking about it, but she was like, you know what? I can imagine my children with that Gap tooth smile and silver hair and then I got all sad and then out of nowhere, Fareed comes and and kills him and I'm... He was
1: a good kid. Sadness?
0: He didn't deserve
1: to die like that. No. I
0: follow her on Twitter and when she was writing this book, she tweeted something out and she's like, I had this great storyline going on and she was working on it. And then she remembered, oh crap, I killed this person in the last book. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I wonder who it was. But Etune is an option. Probably not. That was a really big kill. But anyway, we can start talking about it. This author. Okay, so she wrote that book. I think the first book is her debut novel. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before about that. But since then, she has been writing for Star Wars. She has been writing for Black Panther. Good for her. She has been everywhere with licensed work, which is awesome. That's really cool. You can kind of tell her writing, I feel like, has massively improved since the first book because she's just been everywhere writing. And so this is a little different. I wonder if she wishes she could have done it in the first book, because I also like it. She got a griot to tell the story. So you have the first little bit, and the griot's like, hey, everybody gather around, I'm going to tell you this story. And then they're telling the story of Karina and Malik. And then at one point, it'll stop and be like, actually, I need to tell you about Fareed and the older sister, Hanan. And I like that framing. That's really cool. We're being told a story because we are being told a story, but we're being told a story. Mm -hmm. Like the little
1: epilogue at the end.
0: I love the way they ended it. Yes, we will get there. But yes, having a Griot tell the story made it even better. It was a great framing device that I wish happened in the first book and she probably wishes as well, but I'm glad she went ahead and she was like, you know what? We're going to do it now. We're starting it here. So adventure wise, Malik gets this short end of the stick. Can we agree on that? Yes. (laughs) Because stuff happens happens with him, obviously. But it's like he's in the castle and he's always worried about his sisters. And Fareed keeps being like, oh, I'll totally teach you stuff. And then doesn't ever teach him stuff. And so he never learns. Fareed keeps complaining about how Malik is having such a hard
1: time finding the flute and the scepter. And I'm like, look, man, if you can do a better job to find these important artifacts that you need to save the world, then you do it.
0: Oh, he can't. That's the problem. He couldn't do it in the last book. He needed Karina to do all th- Like this dude. Instead of complaining and whining
1: and torturing people, you could, I don't know, help?
0: No, he's too busy being Mr. Important and talking. I hate him so much. But Hanan needs me. I can't leave her side. She's a precious little flower. Okay, let's talk about how Fareed turns into Mr. Nice Guy. Okay, so there are a lot of things. I did not like his relationship with Malik, but his relationship with Hanan. Ah, that was hard that was hard that was that was hard.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: And that's the little interludes you get, is you get Farid and Hanan when they're little or... or Kids. Children. And you get, uh, Fareed. Farid. His mindset gets so twisted, and he's like, oh, she needs me, and how dare she like another guy? I'm going to make it seem like he's mean to me. He
1: poisoned himself and made it seem like the other guy poisoned him.
0: Yeah, because Hanan liked him, and how dare she, because he's been there this whole time. Freaking nice guys. Yeah, he
1: deserves her love. No one else deserves it. Because it's his. Because he deserves it.
0: Because he owns her. He is possessive. Yep. Ah, I'm mad because she does it so well. Okay, so this is the weird thing. Because I've read plenty of other books where it's like, this is fantasy man, why you make it so realistic? But I don't know, this feels personal. Because sometimes you need
1: realistic aspects in a fantasy book to make the fantasy feel more real.
0: And yet when Black Prism did it, we hated it. But when she does it, I don't know, I feel like the book is centered around these things though. These are intricate to the books whereas he just casually threw them around for realism's sake. I
1: feel like there's a difference between using realism to make a fantasy feel more real and to make the characters feel more real and fantasizing real traumatic things. Yeah. It felt more like he was fantasizing the trauma instead of using it to make the characters feel more real.
0: Yeah. Because I've honestly been thinking about it and trying to give it this clear definition and maybe it's just some people do it better than others. But also, I agree with that. It felt so casually. He would just have these seriously horrific things happen to people and you would just gloss over it and then it never come up again.
1: Because that's a very real thing is characters or people just in general going through trauma and it feels like trauma, but then there's an end to it and there's a reason for it and it's part of plot versus, oh yeah, there's this traumatic event.
0: Yeah, like I said, he would just casually throw things in there and it would be without care. And I think that's the difference Difference. Or maybe he just doesn't
1: understand the weight that some of these things have. Yeah. And it's just
0: like, oh, this happens in the world. Like, yeah, it does. But you have to approach it carefully. Yeah. So I've just been thinking about that a lot. The difference. Because I enjoyed this. Even though I am less likely to pick it up again <laughs> because of all the heavy stuff. <laughs> same. But in the same way, it felt cathartic. And it also helped me think about my own trauma that might have related to some of this. I felt understanding stood having someone else go through it. It's like, okay, this happens to other people and helped me understand mine a little bit more. It was a therapy session. That
1: bit right before they ran away because Karina had the plague, right? That bit right in there where Malik's having his existential breakdown. That was me at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And it was hard to read. Oh,
0: yeah. It felt like a therapy session.
1: Kinda, yeah.
0: This was work. Some parts were fun. Like I said, Malik had the short end of the stick. Karina had an awesome time. She met monsters and secret thief villages and moving cities and a place that is mythical. She had a good time. See, yes, but
1: also she was made to believe that she was only born to die. True. She had no purpose but to die. True. But of the two of them... Yeah, she definitely had more of an adventure while Malik was being tortured and abused emotionally and physically.
0: And forcing him to abuse other people.
1: And then his sister's... Left him after he made a rest for their safety. Yeah.
0: And I think Malik's is a really interesting look at the cycle of abuse. Yep, And how someone as sweet and kind as Malik could potentially continue on this cycle of abuse and you see that like his sister's freaking out because he has exhibited abusive behavior it's just (sighs) there's a lot of the story that's open-ended now that I think about it yeah but it's supposed to be it's realistic and I'm the type of person whenever they have a ending where it's like oh it could go either way I'm automatically like happiness yep same he found his sisters they made up it's great Malik and Karina fall in love and he becomes a king and he continues his education throughout the land. Like, that's me.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree with that. Yep, 100%. That's how that story ends. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yep. But me saying that feels more realistic than if she was like, oh, and this totally happened.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's hinted at at the end that they have a happy ending. Yeah,
0: so I guess we just need to take each storyline separately because they don't really cross over very much.
1: Well, except in their dreams, but other than that.
0: Yeah, they'll have dreams where apparently they are connected and so they can physically be next to each other in their dreams even though they're really far apart because of the incra web has them really close together so the spirit inside Malik the faceless king has a really interesting role in this book. Mm -hmm. I love his character development. I love him.
1: Yeah, I love his character. It's great.
0: Because he starts out as this horrible adversary for them because he kidnaps Nadia, the littlest sister, and it's forcing Malik to kill Karina so he can be set free, and Malik eventually ties him into his mind and forces him as a prisoner in his mind. And that's how this book starts. But at the same time, Throughout this entire book, the Faceless King is in the background like, let me give you some advice. (laughs) I'm bad, but he's worse. (laughs) The entire time, he's like, Malik, we really need to talk about your relationship with Fareed. (laughs) He's out there caring for him.
1: I love the bit where the Faceless King's like, okay, so I don't want to be trapped here. You don't really want me here, but since I'm stuck here, can you start taking better care of your body, please? You need to, like, sleep, and why do you sweat so much? <laughs> we need to talk about this. Drink, water. I <laughs> bit. He's like, I'm so tired of being in your body and being tired. <laughs> like, what is this? Ew. Why are you so sweaty? There's also the bit where they go back to the underground city and Malik's talking to what's her face that helps him find the scepter, right? And he's like, so there's a monstrous beast that used to live down here, and the faceless king's like, they're a delight <laughs> you shut up that is my pet thank you they're wonderful <laughs> yes that's my doggie i has a good doggy. you shut up
0: <laughs> yeah i love him because he's become that all-encompassing scary spirit to exactly like you said since i'm here let's make this better <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then they both inadvertently show the weakest points of themselves to one another, and kind of become friends.
0: Question mark. There's a bond. There's a bond. There is definitely a bond. I don't think I could put words to it. No. But I'm a sucker for enemies to lovers in all its forms. Enemies to besties is, I guess, what this is. It feels kind of like
1: that one superhero Venom. I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he kind of becomes a father figure in a lot of ways which I'm really glad Malik had because Freed was being terrible and emotionally and mentally abusing him and like you said being super nasty about him not being able to find things fast enough and every time he's like oh don't worry you're my favorite pupil I care so much about you I'm the only one who could ever care about you and then he would turn around and be terrible to him absolutely ah that's basically all of Malik's part. I mean, that's not all of Malik's part, but that's a huge plot.
1: Yeah. Near the end, up until Malik has his realization that Farid's never going to actually care for him and he has that final fallout thing, which leads him to almost committing suicide. He's still running to Farid, even at his lowest point, even though Farid's proved time and time again that he doesn't actually care for him because he keeps showing these kindness and he's made Malik believe that Farid's the only person that's ever going to actually be there for him. Right before we hit that final point when Malik was still trusting him and reaching out to him and stuff me being me, I was like, why stop that? Stop it. Stop. I know. I just wanted to hug him. Yep. But I mean, honestly, I've seen it happen to people I know in real life in abusive relationships. Yeah. You can talk to them as much as you want about how abusive someone is and how terrible they are. And they will verbally agree with you. And they'll still go running back to that person time and time again. And they have to have that moment of clarity where
0: they've hit that final point on their own. A rock bottom. And it's so hard to watch. I know. His sister the entire time is like, hey, Farid's sketchy. I don't trust him. And Malik kept being like, no, he's fine. He's fine. And you see that in abusive relationships too, is the denial of no, he's totally fine. I deserve this. Yeah. He was right. He was being logical, even though they're being illogical. It's it's hard. Yeah, one day
1: they'll be like, I hate them and I need to leave this situation. I need to leave the house. I need to move. I need to take all of my pets and I need to get out. And then like, the next day they're like, so we went on this date and it was so
0: great. I think they really love me. And they're gonna change in the love bombing, which he does. He does. He does love bombing in this book. And his sister's there, and the spirit's there, and everyone's like, hey, but Malik is poor thing. He's manipulated.
1: But I mean, he spent most of his life with no one really understanding him or, well, his sister's care.
0: He was punished for the spirits. He was abused as a child because of these spirits. And then he meets a person. And this is the first person that's ever, who has the same issues, who knows what it is. Has enough knowledge
1: about it and doesn't shun him for the magic and actually knows about magic and even though it's just pretending to actually care and see him for who he is instead of saying that the magic is bad and evil.
0: Yeah, if anything he's turned it around. It went from oh my gosh, I need to hide this. I'm a terrible person from having this to oh my gosh, this is a power. This is good. No one else has it. No one else understands because they're not good enough. They're not as great as I am. It completely changed his worldview.
1: Yeah, because even his sisters, even though they care they also were like no this is bad and it's evil because that's what their culture raised them to think
0: was that magic was bad and evil and something that should be avoided. Yeah it's hard and there's a lot of reasons but no one goes into an abusive relationship at its worst.
1: No it starts out all fluffy and rainbows and I mean they lead you into it and then once you're deep deep in there that's when the abuse starts and it starts out small because they're pushing boundaries to see how far they can get. Yeah
0: (sighs) it sucks and like I said as it went on you see how Malik was changing and he was upset about it and how he would take that anger out on other people. And it's really interesting because someone who has been abused then goes on to be the abuser to someone else. They are a victim. By the same time, you can't change the fact that they went on to become an abuser themselves. And he went on to torture. D E D E L E? Delete. Uh, no. Uh, Deadly? Delaylee.
1: That being said, I am an American and English is my first language and so I may have butchered that, but that's as close as I can get to the audio recording that I listened to.
0: We are so sorry. It's a really pretty name. We're just bad at this. Hearing it said is really nice and I know I'm I'm probably
1: never going to get to the point where I'm going to be able to say it correct and I apologize. We're sorry for butchering
0: it, but Delaylee. Delaylee? Delaylee? Yeah, I don't know. The Fireland Friend.
1: She was the Fire Champion.
0: Yes, the Fire Champion. That's perfect. She is awesome. But yeah, Malik goes on to torture the fire champion. He
1: wasn't going to. And then she called him a keckie, which is a slur for the other race of people that the people have been shunning for generations. And he was like, do you want to know what it's like?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a racial slur and it's really bad. And that was a huge thing in the first book. But at the same time, he broke her. And afterwards, Malik feels really bad about it. But I mean, you can't take that back.
1: Nope. You got to live with that.
0: And we never see her again in the book. And that worried me. I
1: think he broke broke her.
0: Yeah. And that also has some of the suicidal ideations. It's bad. And he's like, that's something I can never take back. Nope. That's something I've done to someone else that I cannot take back. That'll never not exist in her life. (sighs) And that's another one I imagine in this fantasy world. Therapy. But yeah, that was another subplot. And like I said, the cycle of abuse is really interesting because Malik was like, no. And then Malik got angry because she used the racial slur, which was not okay on her part, but...
1: I mean, they were threatening to find and then promptly kill her friend. Still.
0: Who she was going to turn in, but... Yeah, but she wasn't about to cause her death, which is an interesting middle point that she got into. The whole reason they left her behind is because she was going to
1: turn her in and then they ended up leaving her behind. But yeah, it's that weird middle ground of while I think... what. She's doing is incorrect. I'm not gonna turn her in because she is my friend.
0: Yeah. At some point, I feel like she got captured and then brought to Farid, and then she was like, "Okay, wait a second, this isn't right."
1: Well, I don't like what's happening. I don't like you more. Yeah. Oh,
0: we haven't even mentioned the four parts of the apocalypse. So apparently, the world is ending. Okay. The
1: rite of resurrection. It turns out that when you do that, you then have to do the rite of renewal. The rite of resurrection requires the part of the king. The rite of renewal requires the soul of the queen. If you don't do the rite of renewal, you get the all-mothers anger. So it starts... It's the famine, and then the earthquakes and the storms, and then the plague, and then a monstrous beast destroys the land.
0: Yes. So the four ports of the apocalypse. So they think, oh, well, they have to sacrifice Karina then.
1: Because they need a queen, and she's
0: queen. So that's why Fire Champion was going to betray her, because she's like, well, then we need to kill you. But then she got captured and taken to Farid, and I feel like that's It's different. Yeah. I can see why she was like, I don't want to tell you where she is. I want the sacrifice to happen, but... But I don't like you. You're evil. I don't trust you. And he was the whole reason they were running away. So I don't blame her, but it's uh, only happy endings for her in my mind. But yeah, she never shows up again in the book now that I think about it. Therapy. I don't even know if that would help at this point. It'd be a start. Because Malik basically did the whole shotting gun. I'm going to kill you slowly over and over again, but no time is going to pass and put you through excruciating pain that's what is happening in my mind I understood when he
1: was trying to make a point about his people and the horrors that they've been through to some extent it still wasn't okay but I understand where he was coming from because that kind of broke him
0: where he's like you can't even imagine what we've been through because of your people yeah
1: but then when he continued to torture her after that it was like all right, cool so now we've reached much less okay we're in much less okay territory now
0: and to the fact of not okay at all yep we are now no longer okay. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. It was, oh, let me show you how hungry we were. Oh, you don't know what it was like to be beaten until all your bones felt like, whatever. Which, that reminds me of something that happened to Malik, where Farid's like, oh yeah, it's finally time for the trial. But all that happens is he gets these guards to beat him up, continuously heal him, and then beat him up again. And at no point is Farid like, oh, here's some pointers. He's like, no, just use your magic, figure it out. Yep. And Malik, poor soul, believed him. It's hard. It's a hard read. Why are we doing Malik first? We're doing Malik first for some reason. We're getting over the hard part, I guess. So, all of that happens. So, his whole thing is he's trying to find these different instruments to perform the ritual with this girl who's studying at the local university. She's studying ancient history and specifically the ones he's looking for. So, he teams up with Yema. She's earth aligned. He
1: fantasizes kissing her, but he doesn't actually kiss her.
0: Yeah. Because he thought, oh, maybe it's kind of okay to use her in a way because he doesn't like, like her.
1: He does flirt with her to kind of get her to do what he wants. But when he's fantasizing his singer, he's like, just to see if what I had with Karina is just something with Karina or if it's something with everyone and everybody else gets to flirt around and have fun
0: with that. Why can't I? Because he's a champion. So it's really important and he's all special now. So they team up and they're trying to find these different objects like the flute. And the
1: scepter. They don't find the flute.
0: Yeah, they find the scepter. And doesn't Karina find the flute? Yeah. So they do all this research and like, they- They go back to the underground city again and search around as
1: it's flooding because there's earthquakes and storms outside.
0: Because adventure. That's where we
1: start learning about Malik's ancestor, the slave girl that rises through the ranks and ends up killing the pharaoh.
0: So in the last book, Karina's ancestor is revered. She overthrew the pharaoh and freed the people and was this amazing leader and saved the world, blah 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 blah. This book, Karina finds out also Malik finds out, that when She was younger. Malik's ancestor and her were besties, and they would play in the rivers and do stuff together. And one day, these slave traders came through. And so, Karina's ancestor and Malik's ancestor are running away, but Malik's ancestor trips and falls. And instead of helping her, Karina's ancestor leaves her and runs away and gets away free. But Malik's ancestor is taken by these slave traders. Which is a lot. Which is a lot and Karina takes it really hard because she's always idolized this ancestor which is another really great thought process of how do you take someone who has done good but you also know has done bad and what should your relationship with them be? Because everyone is imperfect and everyone is capable of betrayal and terrible things but they're also capable of good things. So she has this whole worldview toppling and she's like, what does that mean for me? Who am I if this person that I reveal isn't great. What am I? Who am I? It's good. It's all good. She does it so well. Rosanne Brown is just wonderful and thoughtful and really good at this. So yeah, it's like you said, at this point, Malik starts learning about what happened to her is she became a slave of the Pharaoh, which I will be honest, I was a little confused when this first happened because he's like, oh, I know this was her because it's like a second wife or a beloved mistress of the Pharaoh. She worked her way up. She seduces him. And so she is a favored member of the household. And Malika's like, I know this is her. And it's kind of a stretch to be like we are in the jungles really north and they're slave traders and then it's, this is her. The beloved. And I was like, oh. But it never turned around or anything so I was like, hey, that actually happened but I will admit I was a little bit confused. But hey, it worked out. It's a good story. I followed it when it happened, personally. It just might have been me.
1: Partly because I just assumed that he had grown up hearing stories about her because she's an ancestor or something along those lines or the Faceless King knew... Something. I just assumed it was knowledge he had already gained, and so I went along with it.
0: Ah. I thought it was a feeling and I was like, whoa, okay. Both of those make sense. No, I mean, they were
1: down here looking for her specifically.
0: Yeah, because it was the Pharaoh's scepter and then they found it with her.
1: Yeah, they were looking for her specifically because they knew she would have the scepter. That's why they went through all the concubines and stuff and went past the Pharaoh to find her. I think what was more confusing is when he got the feeling that he was like, oh, this is my ancestor. Because I don't think he knew that until... They were down there Because nothing was attacking him And he realized that Oh, I'm actually Descended from the Pharaoh
0: Yeah, that's why In the last book Things reacted to him Yeah Which was a nice little Tying up right there
1: Yeah, at that point The wraith of his ancestor Was like Yo, by the way We've related You're a descendant of mine Just BT dubs
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing He found out the wraiths That he had been seeing In his entire life And people were like Oh, they're bad juju And whatnot He finds out that Those are the spirits Of dead people That have not passed on And so one of the wraiths He had he's like this is you isn't it and is like yeah that's me so that's one of the race that have been following him around no it was
1: down in the tombs when he
0: went down there then followed him around yeah so yeah he has a bunch of I guess his ancestors just chilling around him or somebody I don't know other spirits I guess they're just excited somebody sees him I don't actually know who the race were in the last book so that's another connection between Malik and Karina and I think that's the reason they're tied together is because their ancestors were tied together yeah yeah because especially what happened at the end of the story between the two of them. Because you go out the entire book and you think that the friend always hated her because she rose up and she was important to the pharaoh and the pharaoh is the person that Karina's ancestor overthrew. So you're like, oh, they're on opposite sides. And you actually find out Malik's ancestor helped Karina's ancestor. Malik's ancestor is the one who murdered the pharaoh. I mean,
1: she is, but she did that because she didn't want to be a slave. It didn't really have anything to do with her friend. But
0: still, that's a huge thing. She seduced him and then killed him. Yeah. Because everyone thought Karina's ancestor. Malik's ancestor killed the pharaoh whilst pregnant. And once he was dead, went into
1: labor. And Karina's ancestor found her in labor, helped her give birth. Malik's ancestor died there. And Karina's ancestor took the baby and ran away with it, giving it a new life. Which is why everybody thought Karina's ancestor killed the pharaohs, because she's running out of his chambers covered in blood.
0: Because of that, I think that's the moment that they became inexplicably tied through the magic system. Probably. And so Karina's ancestor gave the baby to a pair of merchants or somebody who ended up in the area where Malik would then be raised, which unfortunately by that time they were slaves and not in a great situation. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. But best intentions. So yeah, that's how that ended up. And that's what Malik learns on his end about this ancestor. There are so many storylines <laughs> in this book. This book actually deserved all the pages it wrote because it had a lot in it. So Malik, he and his friend find the scepter. And Farid's like, well, we need to go get Karina. And so they leave the city. And-
1: because Hanan's taking an active role in the community because people are dying and she wants to be a good queen. And so she's helping people. And so they're going to crown her within three weeks or something like that. And so they have to kill Karina before then so that they don't have to kill Hanan.
0: And the whole time Hanan is out there trying to help the people people. The famine happens and so she opens the castle storehouse to feed people and then the earthquake happens and she opens up the palace for people to live in and some other stuff happens where she's out and people are like, oh my gosh, you're a monster. She's like, I am not a monster. I am your ruler and she's really good at being queen. And the whole time Fareed's like, no, you can't talk to people and he makes the excuses like, oh people don't understand who you are. They won't understand that you're whatever but there's plenty of scenes of her taking care of her people and it being fine and him just being like no I want to be the only person that sees you that knows about you that talks to you the possessiveness and so at some point Hanan's like well I want to sacrifice myself and Farid's like no we can't do that and she's like well I don't want it to be Karina he's like no don't worry about it don't think about it and I hate him so much (laughs) Hanan's actually amazing because you hear about her in the first book from Karina's perspective and what she was like and she was the golden child a little bit because it's like, oh, she could do everything right. And Karina could do everything wrong. But Karina still loved her. And then you get to meet her in this book. And she really is pretty awesome. She's a really good sister. She's a really good queen. She's a nice person. She's the one who really takes to Malik and his sisters and is caring for them and worrying about them and making sure they're okay. And Farid's there to dampen her sparkle.
1: And so Malik told Farid that he could do these dreams with Karina ages back. And so Fried was like, cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to torture the information out of you because I guarantee you know where she is.
0: So they are about to go. So while we're doing that, let's talk about what Karina has been up to this whole time. So first of all, this is the first time she's ever been out of the city. She's never left the city because there's always been this magic barrier that her ancestor created to keep the river spirit.
1: The Faceless King.
0: Trapped. And so, by Malik stabbing her in the last book, it broke this barrier so she could actually leave. So, they're going on this really cool sand ship, and Afua is directing it because she's wind aligned. No, she's life aligned. Anyway, she's still steering. That works somehow. I'm sure there's actual wind. It probably doesn't need magic to go. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really cool thought of traveling through the desert on a ship, like Avatar. So, they end up seeing this woman on the side of the desert, not the side of the road to kind of the side of the desert and Karina's like no we have to go save her and they're like well it could be a trap and she's like no we're gonna go save her and so they get this elderly woman and her name's Fatima? Fatima?
1: Yeah, I think it's actually Fatima with my crude pronunciation there.
0: Fatima is the American way. (laughs) Well, this lovely elderly woman, and she explains that traffickers, well, she doesn't say traffickers, so she's like, they. People came in and they took all of the people, and they have her daughter, and destroyed the house. And so Karina's like, oh my gosh, traffickers, we need to help this woman. And they're like, all right, fire champions, like compromise. We'll take her to the next city, we'll drop her off, she can figure herself out from there. She's like, okay, I guess that's fair. But inside, Karina's like, I really wish I could go track those people down. So they go to a near my city, and they're about to drop her off when she notices is someone named Caracol cheating someone at not chess. I've forgotten what the game's called. I couldn't tell you. But cheating at a turn-based game akin to chess.
1: Using wind magic.
0: Yes. But he's moving the pieces, and she's like, hmm, it's weird that a magic user is, uh, Zoenji is all the way out here in the middle of nowhere. Hmm odd and they're about to leave when suddenly soldiers come in from the royal city and have a bunch of people and Karina finds out holy crap our soldiers are human trafficking and they're at the city trying to sell these people and she's pissed off and she really wants to take them down a peg and the fire champion's like okay you're being stupid don't do the thing and Karina does the thing because Karina's really mad and she causes a tornado and the tornado gets out of control because she's very mad and doesn't really know how to control it. Well, long story short, by the end of the night, she gets tied up by this caracal person. And Ife. Ife? Yeah. These are A's. Nice. Okay. Ife, who is a divine gender. This was very interesting and I was so happy with this book because
1: there was gay people in it and there was non-binary people in it. And there was Ife that gets overstimulated and can't be around large groups of people. It's just it was wonderful.
0: So with West African and Egyptian somewhere along the way, and I always think that's interesting. So it's cool to learn about. So they're a moon aligned. Who's an adept healer, and they're working with Caracol and needs to be protected at all cost. Is a national treasure, not our nation, but also our nation too. Should be protected. Is baby. Is baby. Is wonderful. Is precious. Should be protected at all cost. Is adorable. Has some of the funniest lines and the sweetest lines and is amazing. So she's kidnapped and tied up thanks to these two. And she strikes a bargain with them because they were going to sell her back to Fareed, essentially, through the grapevine. But she's like, hey, so I noticed you are window-lined. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) You know, I am also window-lined and, as you saw before, not great at it, or at least at controlling it. So you should teach me. And he's like, I'm not a teacher. I don't teach. No thanks. She's like, oh, well, you could uh, always come with us on our mythical journey. I think we should find the Lost City. And he's like, excuse me, what? This is a city that no one's actually ever seen. He's like, that's where my ancestor got her powers. so that's where I can get enough power to take my city back.
1: Defeat Farid, yeah, and not have to get sacrificed. You're an escapee guard, and if you turn me in, I'm going to turn you in and they'll just they'll kill you too also if we go to this magical city we may be able to rid you of your magic because you clearly don't like it
0: so you should come with us and if i'm wrong then you could always sell me later you know you should come and a bribe like oh once i'm back on the throne you can have all the money you want and so of course against all odds the mercenary is like yes i will help you and so that means we get more ife that way and that makes me happy so they go off and so they're like okay well the first thing we need to do is we need to get a key.
1: The key to the city, yes.
0: Where the heck do we get a key? And it's like, oh, that's a good question. We don't know where to get the key. It's like, well, if I know anyone who has information to the key, it's this one guy. Oh, cool, let's go there. He's like, well, there's a bit of a complication. It's like, well, what's the complication? I dated his son. And broke
1: his son's heart.
0: And the dad has not forgiven me for that. So it won't be so bad. He's like, oh, well, he might kill us on sight, but it'll be fine. So they go. They've learned the process by now, and the fire champion has betrayed them, and they
1: get back on the boat and they start leaving, and then they knock her out, and then they go back to try to get the help of Caracol. Yeah.
0: So traveling to the city is just Afua, Caracol, Ife, and Karina. They go there, and of course, the whole like I thought I told you never to step into this town ever again, and we've gotten a little cowboy on my end, and it's like, well, we're here and we need your help, and somehow convinces them like, yeah, this is totally fine. So this is the City
1: of Thieves. And it's really interesting. It's built into, think like the Grand Canyon, kind of, but built into the canyon, into the walls.
0: And this is also technically mythical because it's like, oh, I've heard in legends of it, but no one's ever seen it, blah, blah, blah. But when you're walking around it, it looks like the Grand Canyon. You see the walls, you're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, that's mountains. But as soon as all the people come out and they bring out their stuff, you realize, holy crap, this whole place is a city. And that is how they escape capture.
1: Well, they hear about a magic woman and they try to see the magic woman and there's a line to see the magic woman and the people at the door is like, no, you can't come into this club. You are not cool enough and your name is not on the list. I love how much it's like a bouncer at a club and so they're leaving that and then perchance. They come upon this woman. Who's being accused of being a witch. Because
0: she works at this tent.
1: Yeah, her neighbor's accusing her of poisoning her crops and killing her cattle and, you know, the classic ah, uh, this person's a witch stuff.
0: You looked at me and now I cannot bear children, you know, like that. <laughs> you look Looked at me funny. I hate you. But <laughs> Karina uses what charm she has, because most of the time she's punching people. What training she has to kinda diffuse the situation. And as thanks, the woman's like, hey, guess what? I work at the tent. You should totally come and be at the tent. And she's like, yes, I would love to come to the tent. All four of them go. But Evie avoids the fate of the others. Evie gets bad vibes, it gets overstimulated. It's like, I'm gonna leave. So they wait outside. But Mame, Small Claws. I kept thinking of the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland. Yes. That whole scene where it's a spa and people are around and they have, I imagine, bubbles going on because there's hookah and people getting massages and there's this amazing food. It's super good. The best. And then Small Claws is like, hey,
1: you guys are here. I think I can help you. You have to eat first. And so they do. And then they go wandering around trying to find information and Karina ends up with the girl that they saved. And the girl's like, well, I finished my last client. Do you want to get a massage and get bathed? And Karina's like, oh my goodness, yes. I've been in
0: the desert for a week or something and I haven't gotten
1: bathed. And then she gets hypnotized by the thing and then Small Claws comes in and takes a over and starts talking about how she knows who she is and blah 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 and then is like and I know what you're here for and I'm not gonna let you have the key and then bites Karina's neck and then Karina passes out because it turns out small claws has fangs and is this weird centipede critter
0: (laughs) oh yeah once again this whole scene reminded me of Alice in Wonderland or Persephone I guess we could do that too don't eat the food don't get in the water don't smoke the hookah stay away be like Ife and leave anyway so yeah and that's the end of that chapter and then the next chapter, Karina kind of has her senses about her, not really, but she's like, holy crap, we're being boiled alive. I can't move. So
1: something about the scene, right, is the way that Karina manages to defeat this person is by pulling Rosemary off the ceiling and smashing it into her face, right? And that's how Karina wins. Why does she have it? Yeah, that was my thought too. I was like, isn't this a her herbal cabinet? Why does she have a herb that's gonna... Hurt herself. <laughs> it's almost like the author got... this point was like um how are we gonna do this
0: (laughs) it's okay i can fly i can't fly that's because you're a boy
1: yeah or like in the wonderful christmas movie die hard where at the beginning of the movie the van doesn't have anything in it at the end of the movie the van has a truck in it yep 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 how did that get there wouldn't you like to know
0: But she is dazed and confused and essentially the caterpillar creature is trying to cook them alive and she's about to be boiled and she's like, well, I can't do anything. But her connection to Malik helps her because Malik is like, I don't know what's going on with you, but uh, you need power. So
1: he just angers her. He just goads her into getting up. He just tells her to stand up and then she can't do it. She's like, I can't do it. And he's like, you little baby, you're gonna die before I can actually kill you. And she's like, you man and then stands up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He knew that would work. And so she wakes up and she smashes Rosemary and Small Claws' face and kills her and then come to find out the keys inside her. Yeah, Small Claws
1: was captured as a small child from the spirit realm and forced into this role. And it was awful and gross.
0: It's so sad. What the heck? And so Karina's like, cool. To add to the list of atrocities my ancestors have done, let's include enslaving a small child. So they get the key and then they're like now what and i want to know what happens to the business but that's just me what do you do with all the hookah <laughs>
1: I don't know. I feel like if the girl that was working for her was smart, she'd take it over. It's my business now. <laughs>
0: but she doesn't have the magic to make everybody all happy. Yeah, but people can still come and be
1: fed and use the hookah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Which the girl feels real bad about. Because I think she mentioned, she's like, I knew something was weird about the place, but I did think she was going to try to kill you. Because Karina's mad <laughs> about it. So they're like, well, now we got to find the place.
1: The magic moving city. But the key leads the way. And they have the key now because they killed the key holder thing.
0: And now they have to go to the keyhole of the world. At No, sorry, wrong key. Sorry, that was a keyblade joke.
1: You know, I haven't played that game yet. I'm sorry. Once the key leads into the door, they have to use all of the elements to open the door.
0: Yeah. And so it's in a swamp in the middle of nowhere. And it's one of these trees. And then in front of it, it has different elements. And they're like, well, crap, we have the moon, we have wind, and we have life. Which, good, because I don't know how they would have done life if a Afua wasn't there. For real. And they also couldn't do moon and sun at the same time. So they were like, well, let's use fire. And they put water on it. They used mud for earth. Yeah, I don't know how they would have done life if they didn't have a Afua. <laughs> Maybe leaves.
1: So. And then they used sunlight. They used like a mirror and bounce sign light off a tree. And
0: so they get all the elements and then it opens because that's fine (laughs) that works i mean how would you tell the difference between a magical element and a normal element i guess so they go in and karina pulls a frozen two and hears the voice of her ancestors runs off flings
1: herself across a chasm
0: yeah and she uses her wind magic to get across this huge chasm and everyone else is like Oh well, crap, how are we supposed to get across this? We're going to find a safe way to do that. You have fun. I don't think they actually ever managed to get across.
1: Yeah, she finds them before they do.
0: And that's where she learns about her ancestors. And she is like, okay, I'm here. Give me the powers.
1: And there's nothing in the basket at the statue of the Great Mother's feet. And she's like, I get nothing. And her ancestor behind her is like, yeah, you get nothing. You already have the power inside you. Think of who needs you most. And Karina takes think of who needs you most to mean you're only alive to die. You have
0: to do the right of renewal,
1: which isn't what that actually means, but I
0: actually really like it because it is her ancestor there and Karina's like what the heck this is what you did and her ancestor's like your path is different than mine just because this worked for me doesn't mean it's you so Karina tries to prove herself with her magic but her ancestor's not on the mortal plane so can't really be hit with wind the ancestor's like listen the problem isn't just furry and the great mother being upset she has to save the soul of her nation is how she puts it this was a really good line from her ancestor. Because Karina insults her and it's like, well, who are you to speak? You did all of these terrible things, blah, 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 blah. And her ancestor's like, you do not have the right to judge me because you are a peacetime child. That is so good. So the ancestor shows her perspective of Malik's ancestor and how she was just a child and that she was going to go back for her, but it was too late by the time she got there. And so she spent years trying to find her. And when she finally found her, she was a slave and favored by the Pharaoh, the friend sent her to be lashed. And so that's around the time where she's like, Well, I need to overcome this pharaoh. Da, 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 da. And then she goes on overthrowing the pharaoh and the pain she went through because she had to sacrifice her own son to keep the barrier, and she had to banish her only love and all the hard things she went through. And she's like, Listen, goes back to the I received help because I needed it. Then you are not receiving help because you don't need it. She needs to remember who she's doing this for. Are you doing this for yourself? Are you doing this for your nation. You have to be a queen now. Which kind of breaks her because she's like, I was only born to die. Yep. The right thing to do is to die. And that sucks. She's emotionally lost. And she's like, well, no, we're going to do this. So
1: they're about to leave. And then they hear soldiers outside because Fareed's guards have caught up with them. And Karine is like, all right, cool. So uh, I have a plan. And so everybody follows her out on their way out I think it's one of the butterflies. It's like, hey, by the way, this flute is over here on this statue. And so she grabs it on her way out and she's like, I have a plan. And they go out and she's like, I surrender. And her friends are like, uh, uh, cool, because we don't. And so they're battling and Afua takes over guardianship to save them, sacrificing herself to save the people that don't want to surrender because she does not want to be put back in a dungeon again. And I don't blame her.
0: And it takes caracal and Ify with them. Like they disappear with it, which, by the way, little bit of tea, these Caracals ex-boyfriend from the guard.
1: Yeah, and they have a whole little spat and it's this big deal. Because
0: Caracal was like, hey, something's weird with us," because they're being controlled by magic as you learned in the last book. And he figures it out. He's like, hey, there's something weird going on. I don't like this. We should leave. And so he tells his boyfriend, "It's like, hey, we should leave. And the boyfriend's like, no, I'm staying. And so this is their big meetup.
1: The spell on them that make the sentinels obey every order without question was broken when Karina's powers awoke. So he was able to see all of the atrocities he was doing where his boyfriend was still under the spell and so when Karakal was like yo I'm a dip you should come with me the boyfriend was still under that mind control stuff and was like no you're a traitor and so this whole fight here is like come back to me and the other one's like no you abandon us come back to me and then they have this whole battle it's intense
0: so she's in this windowless cell in this random city
1: after she's surrendered and she ends up back at the wherever where Farid is yes so
0: they're about to meet up which I forgot something in Malik's storyline that we need to go back. Atunde, everyone's like, oh, Karina killed him. Oh, that's right. His family and the
1: cousin of the child that died when the famine happened, one of the gods took over this child and killed him to get the message across. And so his family and Atunde's family are like, we're going to stage a
0: coup. Yes. And they break in and they're killing people left and right. But Farid and Malik get out.
1: Because of course they do.
0: And Malik gets out because one of the guys is like, hey, Malik, you're actually kind of a cool dude and he whispers something he's like don't be near the left wall or some other mysterious thing
1: Tunde's little brother is crying at the coronation and Malik's like yo I didn't think you'd be here here's your brother's bracelet and he's like yo thanks don't stand next to the east wall ha. ha bye <laughs> and Malik's like oh no and tries to warn everybody and, and ends up standing next to the east wall and it explodes Malik gets out because he taps into the Facelix King's magic and his illusions start becoming real
0: and Malik learns that the person he's been studying with is the cousin of the child that died
1: and so she's been using him like how he's been using her and it's just his whole. It's his
0: whole thing. That also happens in between the torture and the emotional abuse. His sisters run away at this point.
1: He used magic on them to
0: control them and they were already
1: having issues with not knowing whether things were real or not and being worried that he would use his magic on them and he was like I would never do that and then he does.
0: It's supposed to be oh let me protect you let me save you. You got I just need to do this right now and he's like well my sister would argue and so if I just use my magic on her she'll agree with me and they save themselves but once they come to it's that excuse me
1: you did what? And so they haven't been talking to him for days and then he meets back up with Karina and Karina's like oh you've been working with Farid this whole time? How nice how lovely is that? Yeah just destroy me more.
0: And also Hanan has just been so emotionally abused as well by Farid and she's just so done. And Hanan's the one who has to tell Malik to release his sister too. What have you done? You need to release your sisters. And Malik's like, I don't want to. And then the face of this king is like, you don't want to because you know it was wrong. And he was like, oh, fine. And so he's worried that she's going to be mad at him. But instead, they're very scared. And Layla now doesn't trust reality and doesn't know how many times he's done this to them. He's like, have you done this before? And he hasn't. But she's like, how do I know that? And so he's almost tempted to put the illusion back on them, which I think speaks to the abusive cycle. It's like, well, I should. Control control you like Farid's controlling people and he's like no I shouldn't. So
1: they're gonna kill Karina right then because she's pushing Farid's buttons and Hanan's like no let me have a night with my sister and so her and Karina hang out for the night and then Karina gets very 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 ill because ta-da look the plague and so Hanan's like Malik what do I do and he's like there are healers over the mountain uh, three days right away but how do we get her out and Hanan's like I will get you out it will be fine and so they dress Karina up like a plague victim to sneak her out and Hanan distracts Farid in what I'm assuming is letting him sleep with her in a sexual fashion. What it sounds like it's alluding to, let's spend the night together like we used to. Of which I feel so bad for her. But yeah, so Karina's dying and they're trying to keep her from dying and Hanan's like, I'll convince Farid that we should use me for the sacrifice instead or somebody else. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Which she ends up not being able to do because Fareed ends up chasing them down and blah.
0: Yeah, and when the sister's spending the night together that Karina calls it out and she's like how was it everyone gave Fareed chance after chance no matter how many evils he committed yet she she meaning non yet she was still atoning for mistakes she'd made when she hadn't even been old enough to realize what she was doing like that's the lie she was like oh my gosh yes the abusers allowed to do evil after evil but you need to feel bad and you need to make things work and you should just overlook all that not to rock the boat and crap and, yeah, and that's when Karina is like oh and by the way, Farid killed our mom, and he later killed my husband. Yeah. Before Hanan can respond, Karina collapses because fever,
1: and then we break to what I was just talking about with them doing the whole trying to escape to the through the mountain thing.
0: Yeah. Karina's servant.
1: She may be a pain, but she's my pain.
0: Yes. Comes back and she's helpful and I love it. She helps smuggle her to the plague cart. And like you said, it's like, hey, you should come with us, Nan. And she's like, no, she won't let Farid take her sister from her because he's already taken so much from her.
1: So they end up at the city where he was trying to take her to see a healer, only to find that plague's already destroyed it. And so him and Karina are like, well, it's like a whole desperate, tearful thing when they do it. But I'm just going to make this sound really blunt and kind of funny. They're like, well, uh, I guess we're going to have to do the rider of Renewal because I shouldn't die in vain, haha. So they go looking for a body of water and instead they find a secret village that's been hiding that can help them.
0: Yeah, they're like, hey, there's a lake nearby. Oh yeah, and also Karina's like, hey, Karina's the one who killed Tundi. And I'm like, well, you're kind of dense. Of course he's the one who killed Tundi. But he, like I said, that abusive hold people have over people. So they go to the refugee in the mountains. The
1: refugee camp.
0: Where the village is. And apparently the refugee areas older than even the ruins below Zoran. So that's kind of cool. So there's someone that can heal her.
1: And it switches to Karina. She's having quite the trip.
0: Yeah, she's having delirium where her father is asking for his little girl to take a walk.
1: She has a nice conversation with her mom. Like an actually nice conversation with her mom.
0: Malik notices all the refugees around him. He's like, hey, I noticed some of these people. And they're eventually summoned before the elders of the group. And he's like, hey. The elders from his childhood
1: and they don't recognize him. And he's like, you remember how you beat me? And they're like, that doesn't matter. And he's like, yeah, it does. Because guess what? I do have magic and F all y'all. But
0: that's when it clicks for him. He's like, the elders treated him the same way Farid is treating him now. And it's even worse because they don't remember who he is. He's like, do you remember who I am? And they're like, I have no idea who you are, kid.
1: Does it matter? Haha. Because they spend the whole time like they'll say something. And they're like, haha, we've
0: got him. Smirk, smirk. He's like, you don't though. And so they're like, oh, let's use Karina as a bargaining tool for them to leave us alone. And Malik's like, Farid will kill you regardless. Yeah, so he uses his illusions to be like, I'm not under your control. You can not
1: He makes little things saxicold and then changes them to leopards, and it scares them enough that he's like, very right, cool, so now you're gonna do what I say. And
0: they're like, yeah, okay. While this is all going on, Karina's talking to her dad, she's talking to Toondi, she's talking to her mom. It has a really nice moment with all of them. They're like, hey, you are from greatness, and you can be great. And Karina's like, but I'm so confused, because for all their talk of greatness, they had their shortcomings, and Blue her mom really encourages her. It's like, yeah, you do bad things, but she needs to do the good she wants to see in the world so she can create this new world. And her parents send her off and be like, hey, it's not your time to die yet. And it's just so sweet. She wakes up and then I phase the healer and they're there with Karakal. And they explain like, oh, we were separated and we woke up without Afua. And so they're like, oh crap, Afua is the new guardian. But they can't think about that. They gotta focus on what's ahead. And so now that Karina's awake, she's like, hey, Malik, I need you to translate for me. I have an idea. And she also learns that the lady she saved was Malik's grandmother and her daughter is Malik's mom. So that was pretty cool. Nice tie around. And so a Farid, a day's ride away and so the villagers is like, oh no, what are we supposed to do? Should we hide? Should we fight? They come up with a plan because Karina
1: realizes the person that needs to defeat Farid is her sister. Yeah.
0: And she's like, hey, I noticed that no matter where we are, wherever her and Farid are, is where the omens happen. And so she's like, the monster's going to come here. And so she thinks logically instead of impulsively because that's what she normally does. She considers all the words, all the things her ancestor said and what to do. Yeah, and you're right. She realizes Hanan has to take down Farid, but she has to be the one to save Hanan to do that. So they're on that point where it's like, okay, we need to take care of the army, but if we do that, it reveals the camp. And the Asherans are like, well, we don't want anything to do with them. And so Karina's like, hmm. So she's using Malik to translate. She gives an apology for her ancestors, for the oppression they put upon them, and begs their trust. And if nothing else, they respect that and ask what the plan is. And so is like, okay we can do this. <laughs> so they put the plan into place and then the next day is going down.
1: <laughs> so Karina meets Farid at the river with Tanan because she's going to have Fanon defeat Farid and Malik goes to break the spell on the Sentinels.
0: And there's also a cute moment between Karina and Malik where Karina admits she still has mixed feelings about Farid because he has a child, best friend, he was an older brother and Malik's like, he knows how Farid's manipulations work and how hard they are to overcome so they on for moment. And he's like, I know Farid manipulated me, but I need to take responsibility for my actions that I did. And Karina wishes her hair is shorter and Malik agrees to cut it. And he ends up just cutting a bunch and it just runs down to her ears and she loves it. And thus the cover. He's very cute. I want them to be together. But yes. And then the next day they ride over to Farid. And I like that when they go to meet them, Karina's wearing Eshran clothes to stand up against the forces of Zirene. And that's kind of cool. I like the symbolism. So like you said, Karina meets Freed at the lake on the mountain alone. And I like that, like, she's like, I'm here to awaken Hanan. But if I don't do that, I'm still going through with a sacrifice. And so she plays Baba's lullaby and tries to get Hanan to remember them. Freed, of course, blocks this and is ordering her around now. It's like, hey, don't listen. Do this, do that, blah. And then Karina does a psalm and tries to encourage Hanan to allow no one to dim her light. And it still doesn't work. Thank you and so Karina's like well there's only one thing that we can do Hanan has to be the one to kill me and then it's another chapter but we're gonna keep going with Hanan's viewpoint because Malik's side of this is interesting they get the sentinels into the cave they seal the cave and so they sealed to death and so that takes care of that dust off hands that was nice and so Hanan goes on and kills Farid she's acting like she's about to kill Karina and kills Farid and then she turns into the monster
1: well yeah cause she's finally releasing all that rage and stuff from all of the the years that Freed's room turn.
0: Even though he was younger than her, which is crazy. Anyway, abusive nonetheless. And Karina's trying to soothe her, but Malik tackles Karina out of the way because the monster's trying to attack her. And the guards try to attack her, but she sprouts rings and she's going off. And so they're like, Faceless King, what do we do? Because he's been helping them the whole time. And he's like, It's never gotten this far. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the right is now useless. And they're like, Crap, what do we do? So Karina's using her wind powers to get to Anon. She's about to not have any more magic anymore and it keeps taking the beast higher and higher until she's like, I'm going to have to kill her. But before she does, she finally sees Hanai's scared eyes in the monster and Karina calms her down.
1: Yeah, Hanan stops being the beast when Karina finally manages to talk to
0: her. And Hanan and her fall quickly to the ground, finally making peace with one another. And then there's this cool moment where the Faceless King and Malik's magic worked together this whole time and that's why he was making delusions and they were real and that's kind of cool. And still, Caracol's boyfriend's over there are still trying to attack because he's under the magic. And so instead of killing all the people, all the sentinels, yeah, because Malik could totally do that because he's with the Faceless King and controlling the webbing, instead tells them the story of their freedom because he's a storyteller and that's always kind of been his thing. And so this breaks the enchantment and so they're free now. And now Caracol can be with his boyfriend. And this is the part and Karina runs to him. He's about to tell her that he loves her when suddenly he collapses and falls into water. And so Karina's it's like, oh no.
1: Falls into the water that has been set up for the rite of renewal. And so falls into the void because the portal that they opened in the water has just been growing because they haven't put a soul into it.
0: Yeah, because they started the rite, but they didn't finish it. And so Karina dives after him. But in the end, they're both sinking slowly in the background. You have Hyena laughs. But in the end, it's not their souls that get taken. The faceless king sacrifices himself to save them. Oh, that's such a dad thing. It's sad though. All of this is sad. Karina is waterlogged and Malik's worst off. And so Karina uses her lightning to bring him back to life. Yeah,
1: uh, Because Malik dies and she inadvertently uses electric shocks to bring him back to life.
0: That's what causes his eyes change to a brown because they were a different color. And her hair goes from silver to black and their connection has been broken. And all the grim folk can be seen by humans now. This panics the people. But Karina and Hanan are like, hey, it's fine. And they help set up order. Because Hanan's still around. That's a happy ending.
1: Because they didn't have to sacrifice her. And so she's there for a couple of weeks.
0: And Malik is having to distinguish the good grim folk from the bad grim folk. But yeah, they spend a the day together, Hanan and Karina. And Karina tells her everything, even about Tunde. And they walk. And per her caress. Karina makes snow so Hanan can experience it. Because they were always in the city. So they never experienced that. And Hanan's like, I want to go home. And so they keep walking until Karina sees her parents and then they take Hanan. So sad, but so happy. She shouldn't have been brought back to life. And then the ending, Karina's like, I have to go back and ruin my people and figure this out. And Malik's like, I want to start a school for the Eshran and it be really good and be able to teach people. And so if people want to know magic, they can do that. But if they just want to learn, they can learn. And so they can't be together because you can't do both of those things. And so it kind of ends. See, when I got to
1: the ending, My understanding was that they still planned to be together, but it was a not yet thing versus we can't be together.
0: Well, I thought it was can't be together. But as the storyteller tells us, what, you didn't like that ending? Well, maybe let's say here today at this very festival, two people meet up together and see one another again. And after the many years, laugh and hug and are together again. So then you get your ambiguous ending and it's okay. So that's the story. General thoughts. I'm surprised they didn't play more into the whole these gods didn't exist until after Karina's ancestor came to rule because Farid said that and was like hey there were gods before them and they didn't really play into that and I was like oh but I really liked the we must accept our past mixed with the don't meet your heroes theme we had going on mm-hmm. I liked it like I said I think her writing is really improved I like it a lot I like both books but you can just see how much she improved from book one to book two which is really cool it's a really good book. One question for the author. I want to know if she writes these chapters separately or if she does them back to back.
1: That's a good question. I'm
0: sure she has an outline for both sides going in because she would have to have that planned out. But does she write chapter by chapter or does she write each storyline separately?
1: I would want to know what bits of mythology she pulled from. that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, because she mentions it's a mix of West African and Egypt. Yeah,
1: I'd love to know the origin stories of some of these. That'd be really cool.
0: I want to learn more about Hyena. Yes,
1: she sounds like the monkey's paw.
0: Yes, the monkey's paw personified. True neutral character. A little chaotic, maybe chaotic neutral, but that'd be fun to read the original stories and be like, oh, this is where this came from. Mm -hmm. Rating. I'd give this unlocking centuries-old magic out of 10. It was fun. It was cool. It was an adventure. And it felt really fantastical, which is what fantasy is. And that's what I like about it. I like having all these creatures and new stories and stuff. It's fun. You're learning all of this all over again. Like the first time you ever heard about dragons. What's yours? Therapy session after 10?
1: (laughs) For real, though. I hope the author's okay out of 10, because that was some real insightful look into some pretty traumatic stuff. Yes.
0: According to her Twitter, she's doing really well. I
1: mean, people that are having a hard time will sometimes not say anything until it's too late. So True. I'm not saying that she's having any issues, I just I feel for her.
0: Yeah. If nothing else, she's become very successful. And yeah, like I said, from what I see on Twitter, which nothing, but she seems really happy. And if nothing else, she's in a career she really enjoys, which is more than some people can say, and I'm really happy for her. And I hope she keeps doing awesome stuff, writing. I'm gonna keep following her and her career, because she's seems like a really cool person. Would you read this again? (laughs) Not anytime soon. Yeah, I put heck yeah because yeah, but you gotta be in the emotionally right place for this book. (laughs)
1: That's why it took me so long to read it. I had to keep starting and stopping it. I was like, I'm ready. No,
0: I'm not. I lied to myself. I'm ready. No, I'm not. Here we go. Alright, cool. I think I would read again eventually. I had to like to forget some of the details a little bit and then go back and be like, oh my gosh, that's right. But I would really like to read them back to back, which I did not do with these books. Mm -hmm. We read the first book for the podcast and then I waited for this one to come out and then I read it separately. So it'd be really cool to read them back to back mm-hmm. at some point. The first book's easier to get through than the second. I don't want to discourage anyone from reading it either. It's a therapy session in the good way, but I also don't want to encourage someone to read it that's not ready for it and ends up hurting them more than helping. But I think it's pretty good. I like. It. So that's the two way street there. I wanted to find the right audience. Thank you for exploring. Exploring a psalm of storms in silence with us, I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Lizzie Sawyer. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. Escape With Me Book Club is a Lunar Skulk production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram to keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore S-K-U-L-K.